What's good, everybody? Chris Brooks here with you for another week of high school football talk here on the Mid-State 48, and welcome to the end of the regular season. We're at week 11, the last week of the regular season. The playoffs are upon us, and guess who's back in the house this week? Tom Duggan. Hey! <laughs> it's good to be back, guys. <laughs> Although I'm living out of boxes in the dark and... uh well, you know, waiting about six months for furniture, but uh, hey, it's good to be back on the show anyway. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring in Scott as well. We've got uh, all three of us here together. Scott, how are you, bud? I'm doing good. I'm just trying to figure out how I can get uh, Tom some inflatable you know, furniture. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I may, I, may, I may go for it, Scott. At this point in time, no more luck than I'm having, you know, just. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you can probably go to any home store and get discounted uh, summertime pool furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely, yeah. They've got maybe tons of sofas out there, just too big for my living room. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe it closes out prizes, maybe already gone. Yeah. That's true. That's Two, lungs. Nowadays. <laughs> Two lungs, no waiting. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, we've hit the end of the regular season. Man, it's flown by. It really has. But it seems like just yesterday we were starting this thing up. And now here we are at the end of October talking playoff opportunities and, and what teams need to do to get into the postseason like we're going to talk about tonight. Um, man, this has been fun, though. Oh, I, I can't. Yeah, it, it's flown by. I mean, just so quick. Uh, it, yeah, I, it's really, really uh, been a fun year, it, you know, comparative to last year, a lot of the uncertainty. Um, I think this year has been a, a blessings, uh, so far. So, um, here's to, uh, starting to play, uh, getting through one more week, starting the playoffs and, uh, getting through this puppy. Yep. You know, guys, we didn't know at the start of the season, if we were going to get through the year, cause it seemed like hope it was going to be a thing again this year and, uh, you know, knock on wood, we've kind of, come to this point in the season and uh, we're not seeing as much of it. We hope that's the case throughout the rest of the season and, uh, you know, throughout the rest of the school year as well, because a lot of sports left to be played throughout the school year. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Let's look back at week 10 just really quick because, Scott, the games that you and I had weren't games at all, really. Um, you were over at Green Hill for that big tilt between Green Hill and Station Camp, and it ended up one-sided. I was at uh, – Lipscomb Academy for that big tilt between CPA and the Mustangs. And that was one-sided back. Both were shutouts. Yeah. I mean, Green Hill going in against uh, station camp, we were really expecting a, a lot closer game than uh, what we saw. And what we ended up seeing was just a dominating performance by the Green Hill offensive and defensive lines. I mean, seriously, uh, they tackled well, didn't allow station camp to, uh, to break any uh, big plays or to extend drives. Uh, on the other hand, station camp allowed what they never allow. They allowed big plays. Caleb Carver had two plays of uh, over 50 yards. Um, they uh, Brax Lambert just ran all over them. So, yeah, it was uh, it was really kind of a strange game um, in that uh, that we were expecting a lot more of a ground and pound game, and it turned into Really one-sided affair. A great game plan by Josh Crouch uh, and his staff uh, that they put together. Uh, they were prepared. They were hungry. They were playing disciplined. Uh, and they got rewarded with the uh, Region 5-5A five, five title. Yep. 
got a little help from Hillsborough to get it, but you know, sometimes it's what you need and they don't have to worry about anything but pride this week. Yep. Got to see our old friend Christian Capozzi too. Yep. So that we was spoke nice. to him last week and uh, you got to chat with him again on Friday. Good to, good to have him on the show last week as always. Um, yep. CPA, um, uncharacteristic to, to say the least, uh, not what we typically expect out of Engel Martin's teams. Turnovers and penalties killed them early, and Alex Broom did the rest. He had five touchdowns total, four on the ground, one receiving, and a Mr. Football-worthy performance to help Lipscomb Academy went 38 to nothing. And you know the Lipscomb Academy defense needs a little bit of love, too, because they really played well in controlling CPA's ground attack. Uh, K-Law, Langston, Patterson really just never could get going after the first series where they ate up some time. That was about it. So we'll... We see this matchup in Chattanooga. I still think we will, but I have some doubts after what I saw Friday night. If CPA can bounce back and kind of come back to form, then, yeah, we'll see him back there again for a rematch. But uh, they got to do a little bit of searching right now because they got it put to them in week 10. So CPA guys, was, in the academy this week, too. I, I was stunned by that game, and I, I watched, you know, a little of it on, the, on television last Friday night. But uh, – uh, just so impressed with Lip, with Lipscomb and Chris. You said it. The defense, how well that defense played all night long, and uh, you know I like the possibility of a rematch. But I'm like you, and if CPA gets in games where they get behind guys, they're going to be in a lot of trouble because uh, they don't catch up in a hurry. And uh, once it was, I think, 25 nothing at the half the other night, I just felt like you could write this one off. And sure enough, they just didn't have enough gas in the tank. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how CPA rebounds from this uh, being punched in the mouth like that uh, and, and how they how they respond. But truthfully, the most impressive thing to me, Chris, was the fact you found your car. Man alive. Man alive. When it takes you 35 minutes to park and you barely make kickoff to cover a game, that's something. Um, Got to have a little talk about that parking situation. Let's give McCann a little bit of home games. Um, we need to get what Uber parking. What an atmosphere, though. Let's let's give credit where it's due. It was a great atmosphere for football. Um, they just got they got to build a garage or something because with that many people there. You know, I had to park on Lipscomb University's campus in a parking garage just to tell you where I parked at. It was a wild it was a wild time before the game and after trying to get back to my car. But um, the football was good was good on one side. So you get Uber parking, then you can just you know they can pick you up, take you over to the stadium. <laughs> well, Chris said he was going to make a note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think a request for next time. Year probably. But uh, anyway, uh, the reason we're here. Let's talk about uh, Week Eleven and these playoff scenarios. We're going to go through all of the regions that have our teams in it in this episode, all the way through from one A to Division Two, Double A or Triple A. Actually, golly, I forget we have nine classes sometimes, but. Let's just go ahead and get started because we're going to need a little bit for time for this. Uh, so what we've got on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube and why aren't you? Uh, basically, Region 3 and 4 and 1A, they'll play each other in the playoffs. And we've got how those teams are paired up right now. If it's got an asterisk beside it in the pairings, that's where they're going to finish. So we do know one of the matchups in 1A is Red Bulling Springs at Whitwell. Now, there is still plenty to be decided in Region 3. But Region 4 comes down to Clay County and Gordonsville this week for its region title. And the winner will have home field for a while. 
Yeah, and uh, the winner also uh, get uh, not have to face Whitwell uh, until the until you get to the next round. Right. And so, you don't right, have as much as Whitwell maybe yeah. in the top of that region. South Pittsburgh is a team you really want to watch. And I know Oakland took them to the woodshed last week, but South Pitt is notorious to be, you know, a deep playoff contender just about year in and year out. So staying opposite to them in the bracket is going to be essential in 4-1-8. And Clay County and Gordesville. Gordesville and South Pittsburgh have played a lot of classic games over the year, but uh, I'm excited about this Clay County Gordesville game Friday night, guys, because I know both of these teams are super fired up about it. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a – I think that's going to be a really, really good game. But then again <laughs> – I thought some of the games we chose this week were going to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we didn't do so hot. We didn't do so hot this week, but uh, more on that later on. Uh, Joe Burns, right now they're locked into the number three seed out of Region Four One A. They will host either South Pittsburgh or possibly Sail Creek, but it looks like it's going to be South Pittsburgh, with well being that number one seed. So, really, honestly, though, the number two out of Region Four, if you want to avoid South Pittsburgh, that might yeah. be your shot. That's a good point. I was sitting there looking at Whitwell, and, and you know, as Tom said, there's South Pittsburgh just, you know, sitting down there. And I, at that point, you know, does the does the loser of the Clay County Gordonsville game win? Sometimes in a situation like this, it's very possible that they do. I mean, you, know, you get the right matchup, and you can get away from a team that you may not match up as well against. Who knows? But. Uh, it's not to say that teams are going to tank and we don't. No, 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 no. And I'm telling you, these two teams aren't going to. They're going all out to win this game on Friday night. To, and mm -hmm. I'll tell you this: uh, both playing boards were confident guys that they can match up with South Pittsburgh or, or really anybody in one A. And they've played the schedules to prove it. Both Clay and Gordes will play tough regular season schedules this year. Yeah, yeah. They won't be ducking anybody on that side of the bracket. Those two teams have too much pride for that. So oh, yeah. especially having seen Gordesville this year. And Clay County has been overlooked in a lot of places as far as attention is concerned, but they're coming in this game nine and zero, and they're they're probably still itching for some respect, and and winning this game will surely give them a little bit of it. Well, is there a sleeper in this in this group? I don't know. Do you really call anybody a sleeper at this point? I mean, that's what I I, I couldn't really decide because you have, you know, four really really good teams there yeah i think your your top four there are your top four and I don't, I don't really see anybody coming up to try to topple them just because there's their head and shoulders above the others i agree with that guys and the only one you might if you wanted to call sleeper would be joe burns just because coach tom Atkins has been there for so many years and he's been a you know in a many a battle throughout his coaching career but i just don't think talent wise they even come remotely close to the top four teams between three one a and four one a taking a step across the bracket to regions five and six. Now, um, Eagleville's our only team in this area that's in this particular part of the bracket, but right now they currently hold that number three seed in region five of 1A, and they're currently slated to go to Dresden if things hold as they currently are. Uh, if Collinwood, Fayetteville, and Huntland all win, Eagleville's going to finish fourth, but Every other scenario has Eagleville in third place. So there's only really one way they can drop it this week. Yeah. And I think that uh, the matchup with Dresden is actually not a bad matchup for them. Um, I, I, I think that uh, if it winds up like this, uh, that'll be an interesting game. Yep. 
Collinwood could still climb a little bit and possibly get above Eagleville because of that loss that they suffered to Collinwood last week. But other than that, Eagleville is going to be the number three seed. Let's go ahead and jump into Class 2A and back to Regions 3 and 4 on that side. And there's a lot of intrigue here because the big watertown Charleston County matchup in Week 11 sets up a lot of things. And, and the, the reason I'm so intrigued by this is now we have Meigs County and Marion County now crossing over with this region instead of being a semifinal game, the stakes are higher. Yeah, much higher this year, guys. And uh, those are two very, very good teams. But so are Charleston County and Watertown. And I think Watertown actually is playing much, much better football than they were at the start of the season. And uh, defensively, they've been strong all year, but their offense is kind of caught up. They're playing pretty well. They're going to need firepower, both Trousdale and Watertown, I better be ready because Marion and Meigs are going to be ready to play. And, guys, even Tyner typically is a pretty good team. So uh, it's going to be a tough matchup round one from 4-2-A. Yeah, the only thing locked in at this point is Westmoreland at number three seed. They'll be on the road against the number two, whoever comes out of that Meigs. Marion County game is the loser as where Westmoreland's going to go. Uh, fourth is between East Robertson and Whites Creek. Winner that one gets the number four seed. It is winner take all there. Yeah, I think that that's going to be an interesting game. But East Robertson's been playing very well lately. So I know we're going to get into that in the next segment. So uh, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it, it does take uh, – it moves all that drama really up to round two. To round two, doesn't it? I mean – Yeah, I mean, either Marion or Megs. I mean, the winner of Region 4 is going to see them probably in round two. And you're going to have a semifinal quality game in the second weekend of the playoffs, and you hardly ever see that. And it's going to be unfortunate for somebody whose season is going to end probably earlier than it should. Right. Skipping across to regions five and six. The only reason we're having this discussion is that Mount Pleasant is still in contention here. They need a little bit of help because they are currently in fifth place. For Mount Pleasant to get in, Mount Pleasant and Loretto both have to win on Friday night. That's the only way they can get in. Otherwise, the Tigers of Mount Pleasant are going to be sitting at home in November. And Mount Pleasant has a tough, tough task on, with Forrest this mm -hmm. week. Yep. So, I mean, if they can manage to to pull that off, then, uh, boy, that would be something, though, if they were to pull that off. and then, They will have earned it. Yeah, but then to have Loretto lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's not in complete control like that, it can be a bad feeling. Yeah. But, uh all you can do is go out there and play it. So that's what Mount Pleasant is going to try to do when they face force this, this Friday night or if they move it up Thursday. We're, we'll talk about that too. Some games possibly being moved up due to potential weather situations this weekend like we've had a couple of times this year. Let's move it into 3A where we go into Regions 3 and 4. And Cannon County in position to possibly win the Region 4 title plays Giles County and – Tom, this is a Cannon County team that has surprised a lot of people this year. They have, guys. They've shocked me. And, uh, again, like I mentioned with Watertown, Cannon County got off to a really slow start to the season. But other than a blip against DeKalb County, their big rival there midseason, Cannon's played some really good football throughout the course of the season. Guys, if they win the region, it'd be the first time since 2009 that they've done so. And they would also win six games for the first time since the 2009 season. So a lot at stake, but Cannon County is going to have a tough matchup because that's an 8-0 Giles County team right third in the state. They're pretty darn good. 
and that Giles County team has played a pretty hard schedule. They've played several teams above their classification, so there's no way that the Bobcats are going to be overlooking anybody at this point. Only thing, nothing, nothing actually settled in this particular bracket either because all eight spots are still up for grabs this weekend. Kingston smarting a little bit, guys, as they come off a loss to Stone Memorial in kind of an upset fashion last week. Uh, that's been a team that's been ranked in the top 10 in uh, 3A throughout the course of the season. Loudon's always pretty good. So as I start looking at the, some of the potential first-round matchups here, uh, you're looking at maybe Sequatchie County and Kingston. And, you know, Sequatchie, they kind of had some things not go their way this season. I mean, they had some COVID issues early on in the season. I don't think they quite – played up to the standard they're used to. I believe they got a new coach this year. Matter of fact, I could be wrong on that, but I think that's the case. So, uh, you know, Sequatchie, though, is typically a pretty good ball club. That could be an interesting first-round matchup between them and Kingston. And, of course, however, Cannon County and Giles County plays out will determine those first-round matchups. Yeah, right. Keeping in 3A with regions 5 and 6 and plenty of intrigue over here, a winner-take-all game between Smith County and East Nashville for the Region 5 title. Jackson County and Stratford play for third place. So it's cut and dry between the with those four teams. Region 6, White House already has that one locked up. Waverly and Fairview will play for second, and White House Heritage is going to be fourth. This is about as easy as it gets, even though only White House is really – even though the White House schools are the only ones that have locked up their spots yet. Right. That, that this uh, this East Nashville Smith County game this week is intriguing because it uh, the matchups that it sets up in the next uh, you know in the playoffs uh, you know whether East Nashville is is uh, at home against Fairview or and I know it can move around a little bit and but looking at you know the possibilities here um, but I know Jackson County is not necessarily uh, a team we cover but. You know, we talked about, you know, what were they, you know, what was the thought process about what they did in the offseason about moving, uh, changing regions. Seems to have paid off for them. Yeah, going up in classification. Uh, we, we talked about that as, like, why they did that. Well, they're in the playoffs, so, yeah, you know, there's the payoff. Yeah, and I'd like to shed a little light on that. I mean, just prior to the season, I mean, the opportunity was there, of course, for them to be in 2A, and most likely they would have gone to – 2-2-A going toward east, I see, much like Monterey has done. And uh, York Institute, that that region is kind of spread out just a little bit. And I think when they looked at this top to bottom, they felt like they had a better chance to compete in 3-A going to 5-3-A, and indeed so. In fact, uh, Jackson County has made the playoffs now as a 1-A team, a 2-A team, and a 3-A team. And they're playing some pretty decent football last last week. They went uh, over to Cumberland County, and uh, they had a lead at the half there. But uh, depth is one big concern for them. And uh, I still think that game against Stratford, I think that's a winnable game for Jackson County. Yeah. Oh, agreed. Yeah, got to be in Gainesboro, too. And Stratford's got to go on the roads to Jackson County for that game. So, you know, being at home in this situation is not a bad deal for him. You look at this, uh, this region, I, I mean, I can see – I can make a case for three or four teams – maybe even more uh coming out of this this group um you know you can't count out smith county they've been playing in you know pretty good ball i mean yeah, yeah coach dyers you know those get those are some big kids over there and he's got them playing some tough ball mm-hmm. over there and and waverly you know we saw them earlier against white house and took white house you know to the you know to the end so 
there's there's a lot of good football here to be played in the yep. in the first and second round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you look at Region Six and the top three. I mean, they've all played very competitive games against one another. So, and there's no telling how of those three who can get out of there and make it make some noise here because whoever comes out of this grouping will host a semifinal game in three A's. That's and that's a big right. deal. Mm-hmm. I like to see White House back up at the top of that region, guys. It uh, kind of brings you back to the glory years when uh, Coach Porter was there, and uh, they was just good year in and year out, good tough smash mouth type football. They've had a great season at White House. I look for them to have a pretty good run. Yeah, I can see that too for sure. Uh, we'll move into four real quick, and then we'll take a break shortly. Regions three and four. The region four with Opperman having already clinched, making County is locked into the number two seed. Stone Memorial DeKalb County fighting for three and four. And that's about it for that region as far as playoff consideration for this week. Uh, in Region 3, Chattanooga Central is your champion. Red Bank and East Hamilton trying to get second and third. Soddy Daisy is fourth. Hickson is in contention and could still squeak into the playoffs, but some things need to go their way for that to happen. Um, out of these pairings right now, what do you guys see out of this grouping? Well, I, I you know, Looking at Upperman, and if it stayed like this, uh, you know, Upperman is the team. I think they'd be the team, uh, still the team to beat, really. But uh, I'm looking at that upper bracket, Macon County, DeKalb County, Chattanooga Central, East Hamilton. There are some tough teams there. And I don't, if it stayed like this, uh, you know, any one of those teams could could challenge Upperman, but it's going to take a lot. You're going to have to play a really, really good game, I think. Yeah. To, to to knock the bees out of there. Whatever happens here, more than likely you're going to have to go on a long road trip crossing into, into another time zone to play a playoff game. Tom, does that have any sort of impact on some of these teams, whether you are the road team or the visiting or the home team in, in this situation? Maybe a little bit, you know, guys, but uh, – and I'll use – you know, I'll use DeKalb County as an example that, that a couple of years ago had to travel some long distance. I don't think they had to cross the time zone, but uh, we're going to Marshall County and going to Nolansville and pull two big upsets on the road. If you're playing well and your team is focused and you do the little things well when you get there, that's always the big thing in the playoffs. You can't turn the ball over, don't need a lot of penalties, things like that. You know, you're capable of making a run. And when I look at 4-4-A, you know, I've watched these four teams – uh, considerably kept track of them pretty good. And I think uh, I think any one of these four teams are capable of making a run. I keep hearing people say, you know, well, has Upperman played anybody? Well, Upperman's played a really tough schedule, guys. And uh, mm-hmm. don't forget, they moved up from 3A to 4A this year. And, and I think Upperman could go a long way here. But yet again, on that other side there, Central, Red Bank, and East Hamilton, they've all beat up on each other this year in that battle for first place. That's three good football teams. I like – what we're going to see out of this um, pairing of three, four, a and four, four, a, I think we're going to see some dandy ball games out of this. Yep. All right. Let's step across the other side of the bracket and get regions five and six in before the break. Uh, region five, your big nine team monster. Tullahoma has clinched that number one spot. Pearl Cone of Montgomery central Thursday night. They play for second at Pearl Cone. Marshall County has the fourth, a moment Greenbrier can get in with some help, but it's Marshall County's to lose at this point. Uh, as far as Region 6 goes, Hardin County is number one. Lexington and Jackson Southside going for number two. Chester County is fourth. And those four teams are locked in. So there's some that's been determined here. Chester County will go to Tullahoma in round one. We know that. Hardin County is the one out of Region 6. We know that. But everything else is still up to play here. 
Yeah, I, I'm looking at uh, just looking at Hardin County is uh, a, a tough, tough out. Uh, and you know you have that Tullahoma, uh, Chester County at that uh, at that other one. But I think that very well could see uh, who comes out of this one in this middle in this middle area. Uh, you know, I having to look. I, I have to look a little bit harder at the uh, at the Jackson and Lexington teams. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to look at them a little bit harder. But I, you know, Pearl, Pearl, if they beat Montgomery Central, then you know it very well could be uh, their region. Yeah, and I've been riding that Pearl Cone bandwagon all year, guys. And I know Tullahoma uh, won that regular season showdown between the two teams. Tullahoma's a good for real team. But, uh, Scott, you're right about Hardin County. They're going to be a tough out there. But uh, when I look down and I see Marshall County as a fourth-place team out of 5-4-A, that's, that's still a very solid Marshall County yeah. team. 5-4-A to me, top to bottom, looks very strong. And I think uh, outside Hardin County, 6-4-A is going to have a tough time matching up. Yep. That's that's what I was thinking, and and without yeah, like I said, I I'd, I'd really need to look at Lexington and Jackson Southside, but uh, a little bit tougher before I you know, you know before I was you know kind of eh, you know about them, but you know you look at five four a and that is just a monster region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, main thing for me for Pearl Cone especially. They need a healthy Barry and Brown because he hasn't been healthy the last few weeks. If he can get back to 100% and get back to doing what he does best, which is making plays all over the field, Pearl Cone's just... favorite to come out of this. Regardless of the loss to Tullahoma, Pearl Cone is still the favorite to come out of this of this group for me. Yeah, doing Barry and Brown doing what he does best, which is everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break real quick come back we will talk about the rest of the playoff situation with everybody else right here in the mid-state 48 powered by 615 preps stay with us back here on the mid-state 48 getting you ready for some playoff procedures for this week for week 11 games you need to look out for and all that good stuff let's uh, dive into 5a with regions five and six and as we talked about earlier green hill locked up that region title and in essence, Station Camp took the number two seed in Region 5 as well. So the attention there is on Hillsborough and Wilson Central this week. That's a winner-take-all game for third place because the loser's out. Yeah, it's a playoff game before the playoff games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so they're starting early this week. And actually, Mount Juliet would be third if Wilson Central won. But, you know, Hillsborough can get three. Wilson Central can get number four, essentially. So... It's it's all or nothing, and Scott, you will actually be there on Friday night. So, yep, be there for an all or nothing game, one of those fun ones. Unless they move it forward, <laughs> this is true. But Hillsborough's been playing a lot better lately. They got off to such a poor start, and they've kind of found their they've kind of found themselves in the last few weeks. Yeah, they have, and uh, you know, we'll, you know, it's stuff we'll get into and in, in who you got, but uh, th- it makes for a, a very very interesting playoff uh, first round uh with this with this grouping uh, um if it if it was stood the way it stood right now you know that green hill nolensville game and the mount juliet page game are are must-see games if you can get to them for sure uh and you know and and who knows about uh station camp you know what they're you know you know what their state of mind is going to be after the after the whooping they took uh 
Friday night and, you know, having lost two in a row. So uh, it's going to be, you know, they're capable of coming back with a vengeance. So it's this is going to be a very, very good first couple of rounds of football, I'm thinking. Look over in Region 6 quickly. Page has that region on lockdown. Columbia is going to be second. Franklin County and Nolansville for three and four. Now, mm-hmm. Nolansville to me is the wild card here because – they have an offense that can score with nearly anybody, and they've proven that several times this year, but their defense hasn't played very well. Lately, that's kind of changed. They've gotten better over the last two or three weeks. So could they and, possibly cause some chaos here? Oh, this is the time that if you're playing well going into the playoffs, you know, all you need to do is get on a run. And, you know, right now they're trending in the right way. You know, and I've spent all season comparing Green Hill to Nolensville. I thought this was going to be a breakout season for this Green Hill team, and uh, they probably really exceeded my expectations of how well they have played. And uh, I thought even the convincing way they dispatched the station camp last week uh, was, you know, I just did not expect that. They played very well. And now with Nolensville getting hot, I, I love this matchup in the first round, guys. If it holds to see Green Hill and Nolensville, I think fireworks, we might see that in the, in round one there. It would be very fitting if these two teams paired up in round one for sure, given given the trajectory that both programs have been on since their beginnings. Absolutely. Let's go into 6A, or actually 7, or Region 7 of 5A, excuse me. Uh, Springfield, number one in Region 7. Henry County currently second. But Portland may have something to say about that. Kenwood is the three seed for now. Over in Region 8, Memphis Central and Mumford go for first place this week. Dyer County is third. Brighton is fourth. So, guys, uh, take a look at these regions and tell me what you like and what jumps out at you. Well, I I mean, I look at this and I have a lot more questions than I have answers. Uh, Quite frankly, because some of these teams really – uh, or have been up and down, and, and you really don't know who they are. And it's a little late in the season <laughs> to be finding your identity. Yeah. I mean, aside from Springfield, really, and uh, Memphis Central, um, and I know Mumford uh, is out there too, but uh, looking at 7 and 5A, you know, a lot of those teams are, you know, they're capable of jumping up and, and beating you, but then they're just as capable of, of playing poorly as well. Uh, this is going to be, uh, I mean, aside from Springfield, uh, Region Eight may have the may have, you know, the edge here in uh, playing some better ball. The re- the math is pretty easy here as far as the situations are concerned. If Henry County wins, then the Patriots are second, Kenwood would be third, and Portland would be fourth. Now, if Portland were to beat Henry County, it'll depend on who comes out of that Kenwood Northeast game. Mm-hmm. And if Kenwood wins, Kenwood would be second, Portland would be third, and Henry County would be fourth. But if wow. Northeast wins, it goes Portland, Henry County, Northeast. So Northeast is still in contention. If they can, if they can knock off Kenwood, they need they need, they need some help, but they can still sneak in. That changes things a lot there with that region, guys. I mean, that's a lot still really in flux with that. And uh, I think that just goes to show the competitiveness of this region this year. I would have thought Henry County might have been – maybe they've struggled a little bit more, and I don't know if they've had injuries or what What maybe has been the cause or just a down season. But, uh, Scott, you know, you mentioned it. Kenwood's been up and down. Portland's looked great at times. At times they just, you know, look average, maybe a little bit below average. You know, when I look at this, and you always consider teams like Memphis Central and Mumford are going to be pretty tough. Uh, 
I don't know. I just don't know what to expect coming out of this matchup here because of the way the inconsistency of Region 7-5A. And even Springfield has shown some some signs of of uh, vulnerability at times. Uh, so, again, yeah, I agree. It, it's, it's really kind of you never know what you're going to get here, Forrest. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued on that, uh, what happens with Northeast and Kenwood, because Northeast has been a, a late comer really as far as playing well and being able to score. But uh, imagine a world where Henry County would be the fourth seed. Hard to fathom. Hard to fathom. Let's keep moving into Class 6A. We've got a lot of teams to get to here, starting with Region 3 with Lebanon having locked this one up. In fact, the entire region in Region 3 is settled. One, two, three, and 4. Lebanon, the 1. Shelbyville, 2nd. Coffee County, 3rd. Warren County, 4th. They're set. Region 4 is another story because Rockvale has surpassed everybody's expectations and enters Week 11 with a chance to win the region title. If they beat Oakland, they would do just that. That's and that would pretty happens. much, and that would pretty much solidify Coach Rice as Coach of the Year. Yep. Uh, if he knocks off Oakland, I think everybody, including Oakland, would vote for it. Yeah. Um, if Lockvale wins, I mean that's that's one thing. But you know, Stewart's Creek and Stewart's Creek and Riverdale still have something to say about uh, seating as well. Um, if Rockvale wins, Rockvale wins the region it, it, over Oakland. Mm-hmm. If you know, it, actually, okay. Here's the thing: if Rockville and Stewart's Creek win, Rockville first, Oakland second, Stewart's Creek third, Riverdale fourth. So Rockville needs help. Okay. Because Riverdale's still in there with with one region loss and three wins. Now every other scenario has Oakland winning it. So the math is actually kind of easy. That's kind of weird to think about. There's a scenario that Riverdale could be fourth. Just considering how good they've been this year, especially on defense, how just really tough they've been, and uh, uh, you know, other than CPA Lipscomb, they played Oakland as tough as anybody. A twenty-four-seven ball game there a couple of weeks ago, but uh, uh, that, that's a very competitive region, guys. And when you look on the other side of three-six-a, you know, you got Lebanon. Lebanon, uh, I think their loss came early, and they've just been rolling right along since then. They got into the top ten this week, and. Uh, uh, you know, they've really had command of 3-6-A throughout the course of the season. So uh, everybody's going to point at 4-6-A as probably heavy favorites in most games. But uh, watch out and don't sleep on Lebanon there because they do have a good ball club. Yep. Well, the interesting thing is going to be, too, if if Riverdale falls to the three slot. Chris, you said there's a scenario for no, that? No, they can only go to fourth. They can't go to third. They, okay, they can only go to fourth. Okay, so regardless, then they're going to stay on the opposite side of the bracket from Oakland. Yep. Probably, yeah. Unless Rockvale uh, prevails, Rock, Rockvale and Stewart's Creek have to win, right? So that's okay. the only thing that can happen. And then Oakland would fall to Oakland would be, two, would be second. Would be second. So yep. yeah, the only way that they would fall in the same bracket would be uh, if uh, Riverdale's fourth and Oakland second, right? right? So okay, thank you for checking my math. We all know how well I am with that. <laughs> um, but uh, so because, you know, you look at the, you know, all eight of these teams and, you, you know, of course you want to say, well, you know, Oakland and Riverdale should be the better, the best out of this group. But if they're, you know, a second rounder, then it's going to be make the other 
it makes the other pairings, you know, a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Let's keep going into regions five and six. Hendersonville has region five on lockdown. Beach is the number two seed. Clarksville and Gallatin play for third this week, and the loser will be fourth. There's nothing else to decide there. Region six, Cane Ridge is all theirs. Smyrna and Overton for second and third, and McGavick is sitting in fourth. As a matter of fact, there is one scenario where McGavick would fall out, and it's if Laverne and Antioch both win. Laverne would be fourth. So that graphic is actually incorrect. McGavick is not in just yet, but with a win over, but with a win over McLaverne, they're in. Yeah. So, you know, you look at the opposite side, Hendersonville and Beach, you know, right now are the, you know, if you look over these, but Cane Ridge is right there. Uh, it's going to be, a, a, an, again, you know, when you talk about these mid-state regions, uh, when they get together, it's it's really fun football to watch. Um, you know, yeah, you, you know, you look at a couple of them, a couple of them you would think might be, you know, uh, a lock, a dead solid lock, but you know, you know, we we know how that goes. The team I want to look at here is Overton because they've played really good ball lately, and Overton has surprised some people this year. Our Sensei Broom has done a really good job with that group, getting them up to speed. They had dealt with some numbers issues last year, just a lot of turnover there, and and they've they've been very good getting to that number three seed and having a chance to play for second is definitely above and beyond what most people would have expected for them. So let's give a call to Overton because they've gotten themselves in a good spot. Yeah, I was about to say that. Go ahead, Scott. I was I I was just about to to say when I was looking at this, Chris, if this held the way it does, that Overton Beach game is not the not the easy game that. Uh, some people might think it would be. I mean, I actually think Overton could uh, is playing much, much better and, and could give Beach a, a game if Beach doesn't show up with your, their A game. Yep. You both took the words right out of my mouth. I, I've been impressed with what uh, Overton has done this year, and uh, they have surprised a lot of people. And, yeah, I like the look of that Overton-Beach game in the first round. I think that could be a very exciting and a very good close football game. Winner at Hendersonville gets out of this thing. If they if they do, they'll host a semifinal game as well. So there's a lot to play for in this particular quadrant at six A because that one seed is very valuable and can get you an extra week at home. Right. Region seven and eight. Up next, Summit is number one out of Region Seven. Everybody else fighting for second, third, and fourth. And there are some scenarios there we'll t- touch on in just a second, but let's go to Region 8, where Collierville is the number one seed coming in at 9. And though Germantown second, Whitehaven third, Houston currently fourth. So what's the stake in Region 7? Well, plenty. Between that Brentwood Centennial game and the Independence and Ravenwood, if Brentwood wins, it's Ravenwood second, Brentwood third, and Indy fourth. That's easy math. If Centennial wins, it depends. If Ravenwood also wins, then Ravenwood Ravenwood is second, Centennial third, Brentwood is fourth. But if Centennial and Independence win, Independence finishes second, Ravenwood would be third, Centennial would be fourth, and Brentwood would be out. So wow. there's a lot at stake over at Centennial this week. And I and I look at the the top four teams that you've got there, and not 
uh, counting Centennial yet, although Centennial is just a half a step behind. And I look over at, at the Region 8A, and I like the Region 7 chances against uh, uh, all those teams. Even even Collierville, I, I, I like uh, – uh, I would like to see – I mean, a first-round independence Collierville game, you know, is not much of a consolation for Collierville, in my opinion. So uh, I think that, you know, Region 7-6A, you know, is, is a very, very tough – we knew it all. We talked about it all year, you know, how tough this region is with the addition of Summit in that region. Yeah. Uh, and it, it – you know, the, this region has been absolutely tough. It's a similar situation with Region 8 as far as their bottom two seats because Whitehaven, Houston, and Bartlett are all in contention for those – those three, those two spots. If Whitehaven wins, they're third, and Houston is fourth. But if Whitehaven loses to Bartlett, Houston can get in with a win over White Station. Otherwise, it's Bartlett third and Whitehaven fourth. So, some combinations there for those three teams. Wow. Yeah, still plenty to still plenty to do with those particular regions in six A. Moving forward to Division Two, we're going to look at this a little bit differently. We're going to take the entire class all at once. Oh, so, Scott, <laughs> get your binoculars. <laughs> too many colors, too many. <laughs> oh, All right. my gosh. So the only thing that's locked in in Division II Class A, USJ has a first round bye. Everything else is up in the air for the most part this week. Starting in the East Middle Tennessee Christian, Place Friendship Christian, Web School at Lakeway Christian and Kings Academy is on the road at Notre Dame in a non-region game, but it still has some implications. Whoever wins between Web School and Lakeway Christian is fourth in that region in the East. If MTCS beats Friendship Christian, they win the region. Kings Academy finishes second, and Friendship Christian is third. Easy enough. If Friendship Christian wins, they're second if Kings Academy beats Notre Dame. And MTCS would be third. Kings Academy would win the region. If Friendship Christian and Notre Dame win, Friendship Christian wins the region. Middle Tennessee Christian, second. Kings Academy, third. There will be a test on this later. Hope you're right. Yes. Take notes. I'm you just wait me, wait me up next week. You can also you can also find all these scenarios at 615preps.com. They're labeled out for you. You'll know exactly what needs to happen. So I know this might look kind yeah. of a lot. I'm excited but, about yeah. some of these uh, second round matchups, USJ against the three question marks. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, uh, all the three scenarios there with the three question marks. Right. <laughs> That's about where my brain is right now. Three question marks <laughs> have been pretty strong on defense this year. <laughs> There are a lot of question marks with the three question marks. There are a lot of question marks with the three question marks. You were right about that, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I the mean, people listening on the podcast are thinking, what the hell are they talking the- about? <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. On YouTube. Uh, imagine, imagine, if you will, a bracket, and you spilled your scrambled eggs all over it that you're in the morning. Basically, what you're looking at here, <laughs> there, there's, there's, I mean – there are so many, you know, would be, could be. It's like, it's it's like a Marvel movie with all the different timelines. Hey, uh, 
Let, let's look uh, at the shout, middle region. Shout out for the nerds there. Yay. There you go. Let's look at the middle region because this one's a little bit cleaner. DCA uh, Nashville Christian are playing for first and second. And winners first, losers second. Race Academy, Race Christian and Columbia Academy play for third and fourth. Simple enough. There you go. Easy peasy. Until you out, stick them in the little bracket down here. Out west. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that specifically to distract you, Scott. That was that's <laughs> not for you. I think it was shiny. It's new and shiny. What is that? <laughs> it is week eleven, folks. We have gone off the rails. I knew it would happen. See what happens when I come back, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tom yeah, we're counting on you to be the responsible list. one, Tom. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to be the adult, Tom. I'm living in a cardboard box, this guy. Yeah, so that does not, say, that does not say responsibility. His responsibility is in one of those boxes somewhere. <laughs> yeah. He has yet to find it. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Contact me about March. There we go. Yeah, when all this is said and done. Uh, West Region, real quick. If FACS wins, Tipton Rosemark is third. FACS is fourth. Fayette Academy finishes fifth. Uh, Trinity Christian factors in. If they win, there's a lot. So, but the first two seeds are locked in at USJ and Jackson Christian. That's what you need to know. Again, 615preps.com. We have your scoreboard watching guide to week 11 if you want to go back and look at all this at a slower speed. Oh, scoreboard's going to be fun for you this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. It is going to be fun this weekend, actually, because I get to put the brackets together. That's always a fun time. Let's go to Division Two Class AA, and we have the same thing. So, yeah, there's that triple question mark team again. Yeah, <laughs> they show up quite a bit. Dominate <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> in the East, the top five teams get in, and Knoxville Webb is first. Chattanooga Christian and Boyd Buchanan are locked into the number four and five spots. So it's between Silverdale and CAK for second and third. Winner's second, loser's third. That's it. In the middle region, Lipscomb Academy wins with a win over BGA. Otherwise, it gets messy. But what we saw from last week, we think Lipscomb Academy is going to win that game. And good pasture and FRA play for fifth place because that is an elimination game of its own. I was going to say that's a that's a playoff game. It is. Yep. It's a playing game. It is a playing game, a true playing game this week. And with the three teams out west, Lausanne, ECS, North Point Christian at the moment, St. George's is fourth, but can get in with some help. But they'll need they'll need to win and North Point needs to win for them to get in. Everything every other scenario has everything finishing as it is right now with Lausanne, ECS, and North Point Christian in the top three spots. If St. George's gets in, who who is out? That would be ECS. Wow. ECS would be out. North Point would be first. Lausanne would be second. St. George's would be third. Wow. But that's that's yeah. one that's one specific scenario. That's the only thing. That's the only way they can get in is if North Point and St. George's both and, win. And a and an zero and three good pasture, uh, three and four good pasture team would not get uh, would be. A, in and a one and one six and two ECS team would be out. Yeah, that's amazing. Yep, but that is that is the way the cookie crumbles in double A for sure. Well, ECS has it in their own hands. They're playing St. George. This is true. Yep, that's what that's the way you want it in week eleven. You want it in your own hands without needing anybody else to help you. 
Division Another. two class AAA where everybody goes to the playoffs. You know, it's it's actually the worst of the scenarios because there's so many ways that the East region can shake out. There's literally eight different combinations that we figured out. I'm not going to name them all here. I don't want to. That's all right. I'm just picking the triple question mark team. But the, but the game to know is NBA Knoxville Catholic because everything really hinges on how that game turns out. That's the game you wanted to keep an eye on this week. McCauley right now at number one. Um, yeah, they're they're locked in. They're locked into the one seed. That's really the only one locked in in this class. Every every, every other seed is up for grabs, and you want that first round buy if you can get your hands on it. If uh, if Briar, if Innsworth knocks off Briarcrest this week, that's going to make for an interesting scenario in the West. Well, here's how that works: if Briar, if Ensworth beats Briarcrest, they need MUS to win to win the region. Ensworth would win the region in that in that specific scenario. Okay, but if Brentwood, otherwise be Brentwood Academy, if Brentwood Academy wins, Briarcrest is first. Brentwood Academy is second. Ensworth is third, and MUS is fourth. Okay. And the other scenario, if MUS and Briarcrest win, it's Briarcrest first, MUS second, BA third, Ensworth fourth. Okay. Saint Benedict and Christian Brothers are playing for fifth and sixth. So. Makes sense. The West is a little is a lot cleaner than the East. The East was a nightmare to try to put together, with all the ways that that thing could shake out. Uh, you want to look at it again? <laughs> I didn't think so. I did not think so. And in fact, I don't want to look at this anymore either. So we're going to take it off the screen, and we're going to go to a break because next up, it's who you got. We'll pick winners for this week coming up right after this. This is the Midstate Forty Eight Powered by Six One Five Prep. Stick around. We'll be back to finish it up with who you got right after this. Welcome back to the Mid-State 48, getting you ready for week number 11. It's that time of the week again where we try our best to pick who's going to win. It's who you got. Fellas, I look at this board and I see a lot of sadness. I don't see a lot of sadness there. I <laughs> Here's a new look at. It. I guess. I guess it's depending on who looking at. Who's looking at it? I don't know. <laughs> Me looking at it. Me looking at it. Me pick up three games on Chris. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm looking for the nearest pie to go in my face because I certainly deserve it. Four and six is unacceptable. We can make it happen. Uh, well. Well, five and five is right behind you there. So uh, <laughs> I didn't do so hot last week either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, I guess we should go ahead and look at the sadness and, and see how it all went down. Um, Reggie again decided he was going to tell us about Ravenwood. A lot of red That's on that board. Good. A lot of red on that board. Drake got us with Hillsboro Mount Juliet. So he picked up another one. Yep. Sure. Did. And that's the last time we ever looked at that page. <laughs> Second Don't page blank, is a lot folks. better. <laughs> Second page is a lot better, even though you no, know, I, I I took my shot with CPA and failed spectacularly. Hey, hey, for hey, sure. <laughs> hey, nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? Yeah. Let's get into the picks for this week and start with Brentwood Centennial. We're going to go rapid fire style here. Uh, Drake is on Brentwood. I'm on Brentwood. Scott's on Brentwood. Tom, you and Reggie have Centennial. Any thoughts? 
Yeah, I thought uh, I, I went on a little limb a couple of these games this week. Centennial was one of them, and just kind of knowing what's at stake for them, a chance to get into the playoffs. And uh, I think Centennial's had a pretty good season this year. They're not going to be favored to win this game. And uh, Brentwood's got just as much to play for, obviously, trying to get uh, positioning in the playoffs as well. But I like Centennial. I think they're going to come out motivated. And uh, I'm going to pick them to win at home and uh, get themselves into the playoffs. Okay. i just say Brentwood is uh... – on a four on a four game roll and their offense is firing up. They're uh, they've uh, won the four in a row by a margin of like one thirty two to fifty two. It's uh, they, their offense is playing really really well. Yep. Friendship Christian at Middle Tennessee Christian, a region title bout for this one. Drake and I are on Middle Tennessee Christian. The rest of y'all have Friendship Christian. Scott, why don't you explain yourself? Well, I just like Friendship Christian here. They again they they've won four straight. They're uh, they're really putting together a good running game right now. Tyson Walcott's doing a really good job with the ball. Um, I, again, I just think that uh, this time of year, this is when friendship usually uh, starts putting things together. And uh, I mean, it's a really it was a really tight decision, but that was uh, I just felt like uh, the Commanders were the way to go. They have a good they've had a good role going. So is Middle Tennessee Christian. They've won six in a row after the zero and three start. And that's why I'm going with them at home because they are starting to really play some good ball as well. And they've got most everybody healthy, which they didn't have in the first half of the year. So we thought that I thought they might be a region champion. They have a chance to do that. And I think them, I like them at home to do so. Green Hill at Mount Julia. This game does not have the zest in the playoff race that it did a week ago. As Green Hill's already clinched and Mount Julia knows it's in, but really can't do anything about it. Reggie is on the Golden Bears to try to knock us off again everybody else has green hill though this is a big rivalry game and there's some heat between these two schools yeah and this is a game that uh you know talking to the players at green hill last week this is the game they had circled last year this is the game that when they were coming in this is the one they wanted um will they have a letdown uh this week i don't think if it's anybody else you might understand it might be understandable but not mount juliet uh i think they've got a chip on their shoulder uh, they got confidence. Coach Crouch has got them playing with confidence. And you really just don't know where Mount Juliet's head's at right now. Yeah, Mount Juliet's been kind of in a slump here lately, guys. And uh, after a really strong start to the season, uh, yes, Scott, you said it best. Where's your head out right now? Because here we are come playoff time, and they're not playing very good football right now. Now, they go out and win this game Friday night. That changes drastically, obviously. But uh, – I think both teams are going to be hungry. This could turn out to be a good football game. But, man, Green Hill's just been tearing it up lately. Yeah, Green Hill now number two at 5A this week at the AP poll. So, big jump for them. And, and they've got all the momentum coming into this game. But Mount Juliet may have been aiming at this game from the start. So, very yeah, that, interested to see how this one turns out for sure. That, the coaches have to make sure that they keep these guys tethered down because what they don't want to do is uh, put themselves in a position where somebody vital is out. Uh, for the following yeah, week because they did critical. something silly in this game. Yeah, it's it's so it's so heated with the emotions coming into this game. You cannot afford to get yourself thrown out by doing something stupid. So right. that's really the key to this game, other than staying healthy, is is staying, you know, under control. That right health and control are the keys to the game in that one. So a lot of us like Green Hill. Reggie's on Mount Juliet. We'll see how it turns out. The other half of that region equation is Hillsborough Wilson Central. Reggie, you and Reggie and Tom are on Hillsboro. The rest of us have Wilson Central. Tom, what you got? 
Well, I tell you, I called Reggie up the other day because I was a little bit undecided on this, and he meowed so passionately about <laughs> Hillsborough winning this game that uh, I'm just going to go against Reggie. But in all honesty, guys, Hillsborough, I think they turned a corner, and uh, this was a team a lot of folks thought would win this region this year. They're playing better football of late, and Wilson Central, that they've got to win the game to have a shot at the playoffs. I get that, but I think Hillsborough's the better football team, and I think they're going to get it done this Friday night. All right. Uh, I think I think Wilson Central at home with a chance to get in the the playoffs, uh, put uh, put it together. Uh, I think that that's really the only reason I could easily see Hillsboro uh, doing well uh, and winning this game. But I think that in this game, I think Wilson Central controls Mike East Jones and uh, and pull it out. Independence and Ravenwood. Drake is on the Eagles. The rest of us have the Raptors in this Region Seven Six A game. Uh, yeah, I think Ravenwood's been playing too well right now for Independence to slow them down. I know Independence did some good things against Page last week. Their defense has played better, but Ravenwood's on, the, on another level right now. When you score 56 against JP2 and beat them by 28, you've done something. And I, I think they're going to prove why we thought of them so highly at the first of the year. Ravenwood's playing really good football right now, and I have them winning this game, and they could cause some problems in the postseason just because of the momentum that they have entering the postseason at 6A. Let's get Reggie's pick real quick before we go on. This is for Nashville Christian and DCA, by the way. Just FYI. Anybody chooses? He's gone with the treat on the left side. And if I'm not mistaken, we'll flip that over. He has chosen the Eagles of Nashville Christian. Nicely done with the stickers, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Good. Good branding. Good branding. <laughs> oh, man, a, a little red balloon hanging up, kind of like on it in honor of Halloween. <laughs> 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 but, uh, <laughs> my vision had to focus in on it, you know. <laughs> We'll get to Nashville Christian and DCA shortly, but we wanted to get that one in first since we're going quickly. Montgomery Central at Pearl Cone. This game moved up to Thursday night because of potential weather. At Pearl Cone, this is for the number two seed in their region. We're all on Pearl Cone to win this game, but can Montgomery Central do it? Uh, they can do it, but it'll take a almost flawless game for them to do it, and they're going to have to play incredible defense. Yeah, I agree. Overton at Smyrna, again, second-place battle at Smyrna, and we're all on the Bulldogs this week as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Overton knocks Smyrna off, but I think Smyrna has something to prove. People haven't really talked about them as much, and they're playing for something bigger than themselves. They lost assistant coach Gary Mooney a couple of weeks ago, and it's kind of been a, a motivating boost for this team playing for him. So I expect the emotion to carry them for a while, and I think that they'll win this game on a lot of that. Too much Arian Carter for me in this game. Smith County at East Nashville for that region title. Pretty unanimous across the board. We're all taking East Nashville there. Uh, Trousdale County at home against Watertown. Tom, you're on Watertown this week, so what you got there? I tell you what, guys, I went back and forth and back and forth. You know, Watertown's won this game in the regular season each of the last three years. That doesn't really mean anything I know Friday night. Trousdale County's won this matchup in the playoffs each of the last three years. Here's what uh, really sold it for me. 
Watertown's defense has been playing so well all year long. They shut out Livingston Academy last week. Livingston's having a down year, but when I talked to Coach Dale Flat, one thing he just uh, continued to emphasize about Watertown was the blitz packages and the things that the defense kept throwing at his offense and just how really good they looked on that side of the ball. I think Watertown's gotten a lot better. Trous is a good team. Boy, I tell you what, I know, I just want to go out there and say I think Watertown's going to make it four in a row in the regular season. Now, can they get it done in the playoffs? We'll have to wait and see on that. But I like Watertown in this one. All right. And our spotlight game of the week, we already got Reggie's pick of Nashville Christian over DCA. He stands alone in that pick as we are all on the Wildcats of DCA to win that region with a win over Nashville Christian. And I'll be honest, DCA, I think, is just playing really good ball. I mean, both these teams are playing great ball right now getting into this game. But DCA has done it so many different ways. They've been able to throw it and run it quite a bit. Ashton Jones, Dayton Sneed, Bradford Gaines, and Brady Russell leading the defense. It's been a really good year for DCA. These are the number two, number one and number two teams in the state in Division Two single A. This is also a state preview, I think. I think we're seeing these two teams in Chattanooga in five weeks' time as well. I agree. We've delivered so much hardware over to DCA. Yes, I mean, we have. Um, you might as well be driving a Lowe's truck. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, how do you go against you – know, it's, it's, I can't pick against that. You know? yeah. yeah, it's hard not to. I mean, Nashville Christian certainly – a worthy opponent, though, and we'll see how that thing plays out. If the weather turns and we get some nastiness, who knows? I mean, you take the ball out of Bradford Gaines' hands a little bit and force him to run it consistently. Yeah. Never know. Could be a yeah. could be a big factor for a lot of games this week. It could be huge. Yeah. Yeah. That is all for who you got. So before we get out of here, let's get one last word in. Tom, welcome back. I'm going to let you have the last word this week. Thank you, Chris. It's good to be back, guys. And uh, folks out there, I hope you've enjoyed the high school football regular season. Uh, you know, week 11 is almost like a playoff week when you actually break it down. And I know we've talked a lot about playoff scenarios, but in talking about those scenarios, you know, we've talked about a lot of games in week 11 that actually are playoff games. Win your in, lose your out. And a lot of teams are jockeying still for position. And uh, I think the uh, the matchups we're going to see between some of the regions – that we cover here in the Middle Tennessee area. They are going to be fun. They're going to be exciting. And, uh, you know, on top of all this, we didn't have a normal year last year. So not only do we come back this year with a, a normal playoff year, but we're going to have some really exciting football games to boot. And uh, to me, week 11 is kind of, I guess, playoff week zero, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Um, remember that reference? We used to have week zero instead of week one. Now we can just pull it over to the playoffs. That's a Good way to put it for sure. Well done, Tom. Thank you very much for that. Uh, well, now we need a little bit of overtime this week, so we'll just go ahead and, and make sure we mark it. But uh, we like overtime here. 48 minutes isn't always enough. So we'll be seeing some overtime this week. Who knows? I will be at DCA and Nashville Christian. Scott, you will be over at Wilson Central against Hillsboro. We will both be at Pearl Cone Thursday night, weather permitting right. and schedule right. permitting, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, look for all of our coverage on 615preps.com. Also, make sure you like and subscribe to the YouTube channel because all of our video content goes right here. You can also listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and that's neither here nor there. But it's more fun over here. It's more fun over here. That's all the time we got, folks. Thank you for watching and listening, and uh, we'll always – 
like it over 615preps.com and take all of our content in, especially this week because of those playoff scenarios. You might want to just read those up and, and study up. So for Tom Duggan, for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. Let's get out of here. Have a great week. Enjoy the games. Stay dry, everybody. Have a great week. Thank <laughs> you.